0: Thank you, Jesus. All right, praise God. Let's get started. In the name of Jesus, um, I feel an experiment coming on. So, can I have one volunteer? Anyone just hold your hand up. That's all. No need to. Yeah, okay. All right. Just want just to give you this. Like you're in the military being volunteered? Okay, just, just what does that say? You can take it. you $5. Okay, so that's an IOU, right, for $5. Okay, just hold, just hold on to it. Okay, we'll see. we'll see where that goes a little later on. Today's message, we've talked about spiritual warfare before, and it's been impressed upon me by Holy Spirit to really, really go deeper and explain a spiritual warfare. So we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6, so you can go there while I'm kind of setting the stage here. But you see, the main thing I want to talk about is that warfare talks about a battle that is going on back and forth between uh, two, two opposing sides. But you see, God has already given us the victory, but the devil tries to win it back. God's work is done. God's work has already been done as it is regarding us. The devil, however, wants us to think that we've lost the battle, but God, through the work of Jesus Christ, has already won it for us. It's a done deal. Okay, it's a done deal. All right? And that can't be changed. The work of the cross is simply cannot be changed. It cannot be reversed. But the devil would have us think that there's still this ongoing battle, battle that's going on to the point of winning and losing. All right? But you have to understand that God has won and he's already been defeated. However, we forget that the war has been won and the devil has been defeated. But like I said, the devil tries to make us think we can lose the battles that he throws at us. So actually when it comes down to spiritual warfare, what it is that we're talking about, since we already have the victory what it comes down to is maintaining the victory okay or keeping the victory all right the victory has been given to us but the whole issue is how do we keep the victory all right so now let's go to ephesians 6 and we're going to analyze that just a little bit more looking through a different set of lenses okay and we're just going to start with uh, verse number 10 finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. All right? So underline, you probably already have it underlined. We've been here many times before, but be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And the operative words there are standing against the wiles of the devil. Standing means that we have to stand... The battle has been won, the war has been won and okay, But we still need to stand And to be aware of the wiles of the devil What is a wile of the devil? That's a strategy That's his back and forth, that's his little insidious plans And ways that he has of getting into our heads Getting into our lives You know, Bringing about an, an, an instance Or circumstances that would be very unsettling To us, could be through, through sickness Through finances or whatever this may be But we need to stand and remember That the battle has already been won Okay, The work on the cross defeated the enemy. So we need to stand against the wilds. Holy Spirit would not have inspired this to be written by Paul if it was not important for us to, re- to remember that. God simply could have said, the battle has been won, and then just go on for that. The battle has been won, you can sit back and relax, the devil's never going to attack you again. But this is saying here, to stand. That means that we need to be strong and stand against and watch out for the strategies. It continues on to say, put on the whole armor of God, verse 11, that we may be... I'm sorry, verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places." wrestling, wrestling indicates close hand to hand combat it does not mean that the devil is going to stand off from afar just throwing little paper airplanes at you, he's going to get close enough nasty with you and trying to destroy you and trying to you to think that you're whipped or trying to make you think that you can lose or trying to make you think that you're not going to succeed to make you forget that the victory through Jesus has already been won, okay and these principalities that we're wrestling with are these powers of rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places wherefore take unto you the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand okay to withstand in the evil day and uh, having done all to stand again if this was a done deal that we didn't have to to be, to, to be thoughtful about Continuing to remember that it was done, God here is telling us that we need to be able to withstand in the evil day and having to done, done, done all to stand. So, again, if God was just saying that it's a done deal, but you don't have to worry anymore, it's never going to, He's never going to come at you, God would not have given us these scriptures, alright? So, the battle has been won. But the enemy is going to continue trying. This is why he's telling us to stand. Okay? All right? Uh, verse 14. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having the, on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Please align that in verse number 17. And the sword of the spirit, which is the, uh, the word of God. So the way to maintain the victory is by using the sword of the spirit, the word of God, to defeat the enemy when he brings battles into our lives. God has told us that he has defeated Satan. God has told us that he has defeated Satan. That means that it was a done deal. God is not saying that I'm going to promise to do something for you. God did not give us an IOU. Okay? God actually gave us the battle. Alright? So consider that when I gave Emily the IOU, now just consider this to be the five dollars that I'm giving you. Okay? Now don't everybody tell the government that I'm doing counterfeit money here, okay? Because that's not all right? So I've given you the five dollars. Do I owe you anything? Do I owe you anything, Em? No, you have it. It's a done deal. So there's nothing else that you need to do to get that money because of the fact that I gave it to you. Now, does that mean that Kathy sitting next to you is not going to try to take that money from you? Possibly, but knowing Kathy, she wouldn't. <laughs> she smiles. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Okay. All right. But 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 I, I've given it to you. Well, so it has been with the victory over Satan. God has given it to us. So the battle with spiritual warfare here, spiritual warfare is all about us, first of all, remembering that God has defeated the enemy and everything that he's trying to do to us, those wiles, those strategies, those things that he tries to bring into our lives, that we are to stand firm. And the way to defeat this is by using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Out of all of the armor that God mentions here in Ephesians 6, all right. The sword is the only one that is offensive. The other armors, the, the helmet, the breastplate and so on is defense. It's to defend you against the fiery darts of the enemy. But the sword of the spirit is offensive. This is where we need to remember to use the word of God. Amen. But if you, if you don't know the word of God, then it makes you very hard, hard for you to use the word of God. Let's go to 1 John. Okay, we need to get under our belts really good and firm here. That the battle has been won. Okay, one John, chapter three. One John, chapter three, three verse number eight. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Please in the line, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Alright? So you see here that, 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 that Jesus' purpose was to destroy the works of the devil. Satan hates the scripture because it proclaims the eternal victory of Christ over Satan. Jesus Christ, by his crucifixion and resurrection, conquered death and all other sin that could be there. Alright? Jesus, Jesus set us free from the Dominion of darkness and sickness and death. So it's been done. It's a done deal. All right? Therefore, Satan, the angel of death and darkness, was defeated, gives every Christian the right to declare a victory which has already been won through Jesus' script, uh, sacrifice on the cross and is rising from the dead. Through the devil's works may ap- though the devil's works may appear dreadful, by faith we know them as destroyed. Using this verse to remind demons their power over you has been shattered. So one of the things that we have to get accustomed to doing is being able to say, it is written. One of the things that we do- often don't do when we're coming against the enemy in our prayers or whatever is going on, or the devil comes at you in an attack, is you need to get to the habit of saying, it is written, it is written. We need to give God's word right back out there. Give God's word right back after. Repeat it back. Repeat back in his written. Let's go to Luke number 10. Luke number 10. See, if the devil can keep us ignorant of who we are and what kind of power we possess through Jesus Christ, then we wind up up, uh, being pawns in his little measly battles that he tries to wage against us. Luke number 10, chapter 10. And we want to start at verse number 17. Okay, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Now, if you have a red letter Bible, these words are written in red, which means that this, this is Jesus speaking this. I, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now the word power there is used two times. The first power, actually in the original Greek, is translated as authority. So what that is saying there is that, Behold, I give unto you authority. To tread on serpents, uh, on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That other power is the, um, the explosive power, the physical power, I almost want to say. In the original uh, Greek it was uh, dunamis, you know, from where we get the word dynamite, meaning that kind of power. So what does it say? Jesus says, I give you the authority... Over the power, over any kind of physical power or spiritual power that the enemy may have against us. How, we can, how can we illustrate that? If you walk out there um, on, the, on the street on Liberty Avenue there, a policeman comes out and you're coming down the highway and you, he puts up that badge. He has the authority to make you stop. Or he has the authority to make you stop. Okay, that's what he has He flashes that badge And by all, all things being equal You're a law-abiding citizen You will stop Okay, he has no power over that Four, four you know Four thousand pound car or Vehicle that you're driving But through his authority Though he has the ability To make you stop Well, so it is with us We have the authority By using the name of Jesus To command those demons To back off And to get out of our lives And to call null and void Any contracts Any actions that they're trying To form against us Alright So that authority Is over whatever power Whatever spiritual power they may have, you see. But we forget that because the enemy, when he comes against us, we often think that we're not going to be able to withstand. We're not going to be able to win. But it's already been done. It's already been done. All right, all right, the debt has been paid. There is no IOU out there. The debt has been paid. All right, there's no re- no reason for God to have to go back out there and pay the debt again. Jesus does not have to go back to the cross. Jesus does not have to be be sacrificed, um, uh, crucified again. It's been a done deal. Okay, so we see there, and and it continues um, on through uh, the verse number. 19. Behold, I give unto you part, verse number 20, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Alright, now that's the other done deal, alright? Your names are indeed written in heaven. So we need to remember that. It's been done, but the devil tries to make you think when he comes against you, uh uh-oh, you're going to fail, you're going to lose it. Let's go to John 16. Again, I want to build the case that it's been done so that you get deeply, deeply knitted in your spirit, planted in your spirit, who you are. John 16. Uh, And we'll start with um, verse number 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. so here we see now also that we have who? We have Holy Spirit. We have Holy Spirit. You see, you can't be easily deceived if you know that you have Holy Spirit that dwells in you, you see. But the reason why when something happens in your life and you become so fearful is because, first of all, the devil is lying to you. you know? He's saying that whatever this thing is, you're not going to be able to succeed. You're not going to be able to get that job. You won't be able to get that house. You know, your loved one with this, with that, and so on like that. And you're going to feel like you're starting to get, to get nervous. All right? So what we need to do is, how do we respond? You know, if it is in conversation with someone, what is it that I need to say? Because right? going back to Ephesians 6, don't forget, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood here, okay? But of principalities, powers of darkness, wickedness in high places. So that person or that situation that is coming against you is being driven by, in many cases, Satan himself. Or, or any other demonic little imp that has been assigned to give you a hard time in life. Amen? So we have to, re- have to remember that we have Holy Spirit. The battle has been won. The battle has been won, it's a done deal, but now we have the Spirit of God to guide us, to give us the words, to give us the thoughts, to give us the actions that we need to take. You see, you see, God knows that these onslaughts are going to come about. So Jesus said before he went back, he told him, he says, I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you the comforter. All right? And it says here that will lead you into all things. All right? So we have to remember this when the enemy, uh, when the enemy is coming against us so badly that we just don't fold like a cheap suit you see what what um, what satan uses so well against this is deception okay he uses deception you know you probably heard the old story about um you know you know a guy goes in to buy a tool from the devil you know he's got all these tools displayed on the wall and and or uh, he's got this one object up there and the guy says i want to buy that when the devil says no and the man said well, what tool is that he says it's deception That's the one that I use the best, and that one is not for sale. See, the devil wants to hold on to that tool of deception because he will make you doubt that you are who you are. Okay? He will make you doubt. He will make you forget that you're a born-again child of God. He will make you forget that you ever gave your life to Jesus. He will make you actually believe that God is not there for you. God is not there for you. You know, remember what you did the other night. Remember your thoughts that you had the other night. God has deserted you. He's not really there, you see. So using that deception, it's been done. The IOU has been paid, all right. It's already been done. So we have to watch out for that deception, you see. And if you are uncertain, again, of how you should proceed, remember that the Holy Spirit of God, God, is living and dwelling in you, all right. God loves you, God loves you There is not one thing that is going on in your life That is giving you, giving you heartache That God does not want you delivered from There is not worry, not one worry in your life That is too trivial for God okay? But many times because of that deception You know where we will make, make us feel The devil tries to make us feel that we're alone okay? And I'm telling you because we've all been there There's nothing worse than when something is going on in your life That is really, really troubling That you feel like God is not there. Okay? That you feel that God is not there. what does Corinthians say? say, We walk by what? By faith and not by sight. So it doesn't matter whether or not we see God. Okay? We have to know that God is there. Okay? We don't want to be a doubting Thomas. What What did Thomas say? You know, when the disciples told him that Jesus came to them and showed himself and so forth. What did Thomas say? I will not believe unless I can touch him. I will not believe, okay? So the devil does the same thing. When there's something in your life that you're really struggling for, there's a question that you need answer, answered. And many, many times, because God does not answer us on our, on our time scale, God doesn't answer us when we want him to answer us, that, that's when the devil takes that deception tool off the shelf and starts applying it to your life, okay? Because he's trying to deceive you. Trying to deceive you. Every single thing that God is telling you here about him loving you and being with you, the devil will tell you, nay, not so. Nay, not so. It started in the garden. What did he say to Eve? When Eve said, I cannot eat this fruit of the tree. He said, will you I will die. And he says, will you surely die? It's not that. You won't die. It's just that God does not want you to be like He is or to know what He is, you see. What He knows. You see. So so deception is one of one of Satan's biggest tools. So we have to know that it is through Holy Spirit And one of the things that we need to really pray for is that spirit of discernment. And we've talked about that. Okay. Holy Spirit will give you discernment. Holy Spirit will give you um, insights into people, into situations, into things that are going on around you and in your life. Holy Spirit will give you discernment as to where you should go, decisions that you should make, and even what someone else is going to say. right. If you really start walking in faith. And really start trusting Holy Spirit. You will have someone sitting before you that is saying something to you that is impacting you. And you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Holy Spirit will tell you that is not the truth. Mm-hmm. And the person will be sitting there looking you in the face and swearing to you that so and so truth. true. Holy, Holy Spirit will let you know that is not the truth. That is not true. okay? Holy Spirit is here to guide you. So when you have these people coming into your life that's trying to, to set you off and so forth, don't start thinking here that I've got to do this all alone. Holy Spirit is with you. Let's go to Matthew 4. Okay? How do we defeat the enemy? In using the sword of the Spirit. Matthew 4. We read some very, very um, familiar scriptures here. Matthew chapter 4. Now, this is our. um, and you, you, you're familiar with these scriptures, but we want to look at them through a different set of lenses again, I say. Um, this is where, after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, okay, which was you know, actually the beginning of his ministry, he was filled by Holy Spirit. Remember, the dove, dove descended upon Jesus and the voice from heaven saying, This is my son in whom I am well pleased, and so on like that. Alrighty, and then Jesus went off into the desert, okay, into the wilderness. And this is where we know that Satan came against him. And I'm not going to read all of them, but you know that he's out, he had fasted for 40 days. But then looking at verse number 3, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you be the Son of God, Command that these stones be made bread, you see. So right away, what Satan is trying to do is to make Jesus doubt who he is, all right? And Satan does the same thing to each one of us. I am not exempt from that just because I'm standing behind this pulpit. It happens to every every human being, all right? I think us brothers and sisters who are behind the pulpit, I probably get attacked ten times more than you do because the devil would love to shut me up, which he ain't going to do in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. But right away he starts sowing, who do you really think you are? You don't deserve that house. You don't deserve that job. You don't deserve that loved one. You don't deserve, you don't deserve, you don't deserve. Okay, All right. who do you think you are? But Jesus came back to him and says, but he answered and said, it is written. See, there it is. How do we use the word of God to defeat the enemy? How do we use the sword of the spirit that Ephesians was talking about? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay, so Jesus hit him back with scripture. Then you go go down to verse number 7. And again, Jesus said, it is written, again, thou shalt not Put the Lord thy God to the test. Then you go down to verse number uh, 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thy, thou serve. Then, on the line then, then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Okay? So you see, by quoting back the word of God to those imps, to those demons that are coming into your life, right, The devil will flee. The devil will flee. Because he he cannot withstand scripture. He can't stand scripture. The devil even tried to use scripture, but he misquoted it. Um, Where did he uh, misquote him here? Yeah, verse number 6. Verse number 5, start number 5. Then the devil taketh him up unto the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, see, the devil tried to use it as written, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, uh, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. But Jesus said to him, It is written again, thou shalt not put the Lord thy God to to, to the test. You see, now now he actually... um, Satan was trying to uh, uh, quote from Psalm 91 But he misquoted it You see, And the devil will do that And that's another thing too that you need to be aware of Don't let people come to you Saying that You are wrong to believe so and so You are wrong to think that God's going to bail you out That you're wrong to believe That because of who you are That you're going to succeed Because according to scripture Blah 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 Well Satan can quote scripture too Okay, but how many times do we have people misquote scripture to us? How many times? All right, all right. And if you have the Spirit of God in you, the Holy Spirit is in you, you will know when someone is misquoting scripture. All right, all right. I was reading something here. I don't know if you know of um, as a commentary. Commentary. There's a Matthew Henry. There's a book called Matthew Henry Commentaries, and it's a huge, huge collection of you know notes and things on on the Bible. And there was something that I was reading that he had written. Now this guy has been around, I don't know, 1800 or whatever it was. He's been around for a long time. Something I was reading there, wait a minute. Now this is a guy that's been accepted. As a commenter, writing commentaries on the holy scriptures. All right? I said that doesn't that doesn't sound right. What he was how he was interpreting some verses and scriptures there. I went and did some other cross referencing back and forth and sure enough he was wrong. He was wrong. And so right away this guy back then he had a, was dealing with tongues and I won't won't di- digress from that. But he was off on something some belief that he had. But he was interpreting scripture to believe what he felt. In relation to tongues. And that is not what 1 Corinthians 14 was saying at all. What he was saying was not. So what I'm saying to you is that the same way Satan can misquote scripture to you, be careful of people that come up to you so quickly, so quick to quote scripture to you, especially telling you that you should not do something that you feel God is telling you to do. Okay, especially, alright? And especially if you're feeling fearful about something, something you're anxious about, and you're trying to hang on to the Word of God, and you have someone else come out of nowhere, because they always seem to pop up at the most, you know, at the, at the right time, You're know, I'm putting that in quotes, to just all of a sudden dash, throw cold water on everything that you're thinking. Amen? That you're feeling, Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Look at David, alright? All the other people in Israel, they were cowering from Goliath. Goliath was out there screaming, send me someone. Send me your champion. If he defeats me, I'll let you go. If I defeat you, I'll do this and that. that." He was selling wolf tickets like crazy. No one else would go forward. David finally said, I'll go. And who came out to discourage him? Was it the enemy? Was it someone else in the army? His brothers. His own family. You're just a shepherd. You're just this. You can't do this. You can't do that. You see? You see? Negating the word of God. You see? We are, we are not exempt from that. You see? So be careful about it. I don't care whether they're your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife. You know, you know, if it is not of God, Holy Spirit will let you know it is not of God. Okay? So when they come back with that, it is written stuff. You know, the word of God says, by the way, that you shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't. You know? You say, oh, no, 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 no. It is written. And then you come back with the true Word of God. This is the difference. This is wielding, this is using the, the, the Spirit of God, or the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen? And, but if you don't know the Word of God, and you're not praying, and you're not studying your Bible, you won't know the difference. Okay? You won't know the difference. So you need to make sure that you're, that you're prayed up and that you're following along with what the, the Word, the Scriptures are intending you to do. So, we're saying that again... Going to the beginning, the battle has been won. The debt has been paid. There's no IOU out there. You have the $5, and I don't owe you anything now, right? It's been done. I don't care how much somebody tries to take that $5 from you or tries to talk you out of it, you know, or to say that, you know. Well, in this case, it is counterfeit. But what pastor gave you was counterfeit. <laughs> amen, amen, And it isn't real. Amen, amen, amen. Well, in this case, it isn't. But pretending like that was a real $5 bill, then you say, no, it isn't either. I have it. I have it. It's a done deal. Pastor does not owe me anything at all. It's done, you see. But the devil would try to make us think that it's not, okay, that it's reversible or whatever. So it is written, written, using some scriptures. Now, here's a few, few scriptures. I'm only going to give you a few here that you, we need to remember to precede it is written. Let's go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 and... And let's just start with one. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him like a tender plant and like a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now the he in verse number 2 is referring to Jesus. Okay? So draw, draw a line out in your margin and write the word Jesus in there. Okay? For he shall grow up before him like a tender plant and like a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire of him. Verse number 3. He is despised. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken. Smitten of God and afflicted. Underline that word griefs there because that griefs is referring to disease, it's referring to sorrow, it's referring to all of the negative things in life. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did uh, did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and and afflicted. Verse 5, but he was wounded, was, please underline was, written in the past tense. Okay? Again, M has the five dollars, it's a done deal. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was underlined was bruised for our iniquities, for our sins, for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was underlined was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Underline R. Okay? Everything was in the past, was, 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 but then all of a sudden, it jumps to the present. We are healed. So that means that the stripes that Jesus took on his back um, took care of everything relative to healing. Because of that, disease was defeated. So when sickness comes upon you, all right? I'm not a doctor and I never discourage people from taking medicines and things like that. But I certainly say to you, before you start even taking the medicines, what if you try saying, it is written. First you start by saying, in the name of Jesus, I bind up and I rebuke you, spirit of infirmity. For it is written, with Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Okay? What was done 2,000 years ago on the cross says that I am healed today, today. Amen? You see? It's a done deal. The price has been paid. You don't have to accept that anymore. And every single day, while that cold lingers or what have you, you repeat back those scriptures. It is written, it is written. Thank you, Jesus, for I believe that I am healed. Thank you, Lord, for curing me of that headache, for I believe that I am healed. Thank you, Lord, for I believe that I am healed. Thank you, Lord, thank you, I believe that I am healed, for it is written. That by Jesus' stripes I was healed. You see? So relative to healing, that is certainly one thing that we can say. The other thing that we need to understand, again, is who we are. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 3. Corinthians 3 and we want to look at verses 16 now you know I'm sorry know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Which temple you are. So the other thing that we should be saying to, the, to Satan or the enemy when he comes against us is, again, it is written. It is written. It is written. It says, Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in me? Alright? It is written that the Spirit of God dwells in me. So that means then, I can come back and say, Get away from me, foul spirit. Because greater is he, I think I have that scripture here too, um, for greater is, is he that is in me than you, foul spirit, that's in the world. Matter of fact, go to, go to um, 1, John, 1 John 4. Okay? 1 John chapter 4. Okay? You are the temple of God, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. 1 John 4, and we'll start at verse number 1. Things that we need to remember. It is written. It is written. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Okay, I'll wait for everyone to get there. Praise God. If I'm going too fast, just look up. I get so excited when I start preaching this good news here. I just thought, praise the living God. Okay. 1 John 4. Everyone there? Okay. Good. 1 John 4, verse number 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Okay? Don't be so trusting. Believe not every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And that goes back to what I was saying a moment ago. Try the spirits. Try, just don't be so trusting, you know, because someone else says, you know. Uh, and and <laughs> we human beings sometimes will look at a person. Because of their stature, because of their accomplishment in life, because of who they are. Oh, this guy's a bishop, you know, and this guy's a this, this woman's a this, this woman's a that, you know. And whatever they say, you hang on every single word, you know. I've known people to say, oh boy, have you heard? So and so is going to be at the stadium. At the Rose Ball, at the Coliseum, after this, after that. Don't you want to go to to hear him speak? You know, and people will just tear down the doors and go against everything, every obstacle just to hear that person speak. And then that person says one thing and they hang their hat on it. They hang their lives on it, even more importantly, they hang their lives on it, all right? We need to try the spirits. I don't care who is saying it. You know, and you've heard me say many times if you hear something come from this pulpit, God forbid, that sounds, that sounds, sideways, I pray that you spot that and you go home and you pray about it, you know, and then, then straight away you pray for me <laughs> pray for me, Lord what's happened to pastor here, you know, get him back on track alright, but uh, what I'm saying to you is that no human being, no human being should be held up that, to the point that we should not try the spirit, okay, and sometimes you know, and this is where people may be making honest mistakes or whatever, maybe having a bad day or didn't pray before they started preaching or whatever, but there are those out there who definitely do things by designed to mislead the children of God to mislead the church so verse number one starts out saying beloved believe not every spirit but test the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are going out into the world by this know you the spirit of God every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is of God and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God and this is that spirit of Antichrist please in the line and this is that spirit of Antichrist of which you have heard that it should come and even now already it is in the world okay now here it's saying that it's the spirit of Antichrist understand that this is not saying the big antichrist uh, this is, 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 there are many many spirits of antichrist, anti of course being against Christ and that is in the world today we certainly see that, I mean look again how it was in Oklahoma they actually voted to remove the Ten Commandments the monument, you know, from off the uh, state property there, we see that going on in the schools, they're getting God out of the school, this is all that spirit of antichrist Okay, it is not the antichrist that is yet to be revealed, but it's that spirit of antichrist that is very much in the world today, and we can see that with what's going on in politics and the world has just gone crazy, you know, it's gone just simply crazy All right, is that spirit of of which you have heard that it should come and is even already in the world verse 4, you are of God little children, underline you are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, please highlight or underline all of that, greater is he that is in you than you that is in the world, than he that is in the world. Amen. So one of the things that we should be saying when, when issues or Satan is coming against us is saying that it is written. Greater is he that is in me than you, foul spirit that's in the world. You, spirit of infirmity, along with with Jesus stripes, I am healed. Because it is also written that greater is he that is in me, the Holy Spirit of the living God, than you, foul spirit that's in this world. right. So you you have to remember who you are in Christ Jesus. You see? Again, the war has been won. God has given us Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit of God dwells within us. You see? So there's no reason why we should be so easily deceived. Uh, And and again, deceived that we're going to lose, but also deceived into whatever these little things that are popping up in our lives, to let them reside and to dwell there long. The minute that, you know, it's like that game, um, whack-a-mole or whatever it is, you know, where the things, the heads keep popping up, yeah, I think it's whack-a-mole, right? Yeah, okay. Where the little heads pop up out of the hole and you whack it down with a hammer, and then another one pops up and whack it down with a hammer. Amen? Well, you put that stuff to, to that, that action, to, to, to you, stop it, nip it in the bud, in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit of the Living God dwells in me, and it is written. It is written. That with Jesus' stripes I am healed. Amen? amen. Relative to fear. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is written that the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It, it is written, it is written, it is written. If Jesus found it to be, that was what he needed to do, to do, get rid of Satan, then why do we think that we should do anything less? You see, why do we think? Amen? But we forget about these things when the devil pops up in our lives and all of a sudden things start going on. You, you, know, you know, gee whiz, the washing machine breaks down, I scrape together some money to get that thing fixed, and wow, it's working fine. All of a sudden the refrigerator breaks down, and I scrape some money together and get that fixed, all right? The sprinklers all of a sudden break down or whatever, and it's one thing after the other. So what is going on? What is going on? Amen? In the name of Jesus, I rebuke all of this uh, demonic activity that's going on in my life. Romans number 8 Romans number 8 Romans chapter 8 Romans 8 and we're going to start with verse number 35 What shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress that uh, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? So there's nothing going on in your life, nothing at all that can separate you from the love of Jesus. But verse number 37, please highlight or underline all of that. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. You see? So, first of all, if you can really, really believe, get deep down in your spirit that you are a conqueror then that means that when these things come up in your life, you're not going to feel like you're going to fail. Amen, amen, amen. I, I am a conqueror. I'm not the conqueree. Amen, amen. I am the victor. I'm not the vanquished. Amen, I'm not the, the tail. I'm the head. Amen. You see, but so many times we forget about that when issues come into our life, especially when it's a challenging issue, especially when something comes into your life that it feels so far out of your control, when it feels like it's, it's almost overwhelming you. You know how quickly we forget who we are. So it is written that I am a conqueror. You know, you almost have to feel like. How would you feel if you were telling a, a mouse to uh, uh, get out of your house or something, you know and that mouse turned around and stood up on his hind legs and started challenging you to get out of the house, if that was possible, you know. I mean, how would you feel? You, you feel pretty indignant. You feel pretty annoyed. You little twerp! You, you, you're what? You're demanding? You, you're speaking to me like this? You know? So that's the way you need to feel when the devil is coming into your life and is trying to wreak havoc. You have to get to the point that you're angry, where you're saying, "This is enough. This is enough." Satan, the debt has been paid. There is no IOU out here. The price has been paid. Jesus Christ defeated you on the cross. Amen? Amen? When Jesus gave up the spirit, it said that I have access directly to God. When Jesus gave up the spirit on the cross, the the word of God says that the veil in the temple was rent or torn in two. Signifying now that man had direct access to God. Man no longer had to go through another man through a high priest to have sins forgiven and so on like that. We don't need another man To forgive your sins. matter of fact, a man cannot forgive your sins, which is another fallacy of today's world. We go running behind certain people and, and praying that they forgive our sins and all of that. So a man cannot forgive your sins. I don't care what they tell you. The Word of God says that Jesus Christ is the only one that can forgive you of your sins. This is the reason why we go to the Lord and we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and receive salvation. It's because of Jesus. You know, if anyone runs in, runs to a man and says, oh man, you know, whatever title you want to give him, you know, forgive me of my sins so that I can have salvation. Oh boy, oh boy, see you in hell. You see, because unless you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and ask him to come into your life, your sins are not forgiven. No man has the ability to do that. Simple as that. God has not given that authority to any man. Jesus Christ is the only one. You see? But how quickly we are deceived and we forget who we are, you see? And then there's small wonder then with that kind of thinking when evil comes into our lives and when challenges come into our lives and things become difficult and then we're all of a sudden, you know, we're praying. Or in some cases people don't even pray because they think, let me run to that man and have that man pray for me. Instead of you praying and saying, it is written, because you don't know the words, you know, but saying, instead of saying, it is written, that then people wind up suffering. Then they wind up falling away from the church because they don't see the church being of any benefit to them. You see? Because they're not understanding the word of God. They're not understanding what the word of God is saying to us. Jesus, if Jesus found it important to say to, to Satan, it is written, and quote scriptures to him, then trust me, I think Jesus is the model that we need to follow. Amen? If Jesus said it is written, then we need to get to the point of saying it is written and confessing the word back. And remembering that you are more than conquerors, all right? When that devil has you feeling, and I've been there, like I said, I'm human like anybody else, that this issue is insurmountable. I don't see a way out. I don't know how I'm going to win or get out of this situation. Remember that you are more than a conqueror. That there is nothing, nothing, nothing in in any existence that can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing. Nothing. says, no principalities, demons, nothing. All right? that human being standing in front of you that's giving you such a hard way to go I mean especially another human being you know, a little puny human being and you're going to run scared and afraid of that little human being oh he's the president of so and so and so I don't care who he is he puts his pants on the same way I do this is what my dad always told me you know either left leg or right leg first but he puts his pants on the same way I do amen Amen. so you don't fear other human beings Amen. Amen. We have no fear of man. It is written. God is not giving me a fear of man. Alright. Okay. Okay. Man can take your life. But if you're a child of God, then in a way, done you a favor because the word of God says, absent from the body, present with the, with the Lord. For a Christian. Amen. Amen. Man has no control over your eternal destiny. And that is the only thing, only thing that we as human beings should be concerned with, is our eternal destiny. Amen? So we get it, you know, we we, we don't keep things in the proper perspective. That's what it is, you know? And the Lord knows when you got an issue that's going on and you don't know where you're going to live, you don't know how you're going to pay the rent or the mortgage or whatever, you got all these things going on. Yeah, God knows that 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 feels like a burden and it seems insurmountable, but that is such a measly temporal thing. You know, where in God's measure, it's but a wisp in time, you know. So you need to remember that we are in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit is in us. Nothing is going to separate us from the love of God. If you're one of his children, do you think he wants to have you living under the bridge? Hey Amen. Do you think he wants to have you destitute and hungry? No, not at all. Not at all. You know? And even if for some reason, you know, you did you, you you wound up missing the payments and you wound up getting evicted or whatever, God is still there with you. And He's gonna take you. You know, anything that happens in his li- in in our lives, nothing for Christians happens by coincidence for a child of God. Okay? Okay? All right, all right. Sometimes, 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 I underline sometimes, God may permit what he hates just so that he can bring about and accomplish what he loves in you all right sometimes god may permit something that he hates just so that he can accomplish that which he loves in you or for you amen so don't think that just because things are going sideways that is for a moment in time For a moment in time you're his child you know, you're, you're, you're his child, you know. We've all had kids, you know, that were being unruly, you know, and at some point you might have said, Doggone it, I mean, I thank God we never had to do this to too far an extreme, thank the Lord, since my kids are sitting here in front of me. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, 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 you hold his ears, Tanya, you know. But, um, you know, you have children, young folks in your lives that are coming up, and as parents, sometimes when a kid is just being persistent, you know, sometimes you say, the only way he's going to learn You know, the only way she's going to learn, sometimes you got to take your hands off a little bit, okay? But what is that? It's because you love them so much. You want to to let that thing happen just so that the thing that you love will be accomplished in their lives. Because you see a bigger purpose. Because you see something that that child might not see right now. Well, so it is with us. So it is with us. We are Christian babes. I don't care how long you've been born again. Compared to God, we are Christian babes. We are forever learning and, and increasing in, in wisdom and in knowledge. You know? So even if something goes sideways in your life, that doesn't change who you are in God's eyes. You, 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 you know, you know, your relationship to God has not changed. You know, many times when we slip and we stumble and everything with God and we sin, God gave us a provision for that in 1 John 9. You know, if you're faithful to confess your sins, God will forgive. Amen. But even during that time, what's been broken is your fellowship with God has been broken, but not your relationship with God. Amen. Amen. You got a family member that really does something bad towards you or whatnot. Your fellowship may be broken in terms that you don't want to speak to them for a while. You know, the phone ring and the caller ID, ah, click, (laughs) you know, you don't want to speak to them. doesn't change the fact that that person is still your relative, whoever that person may be. Your husband, your wife, your father, your sister, whatever, whatever, amen. But the fellowship at that time is broken or disrupted. Well, so it is with God, you see. So remember that you are more than conquerors in Christ and there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Amen. Last scriptures here in closing, Revelation Revelation 12 Revelation chapter 12 Revelation 12 verse number 7 Revelation 12:7 It's the last book in the Bible. <laughs> Amen. Revelation 12. Okay. Verse number 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. Who deceived the whole world. He in line that who deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down to accuse them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the what? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, underlined by the blood of the lamb, and by the, what? the word of their testimony, underline, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Okay, So they overcame it by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus, first of all, the work that was done, Okay, and by the word of their testimony, the words of their mouth. Amen? Amen? So words play a very, very big deal. We all know in Genesis, we've been there before, how many times it says that God said, God said, God said, God said, let there be light. God said, let the earth bring forth. God said, God said, God said. said. Jesus said, it is written. It is written, you know. So it's by the words of our mouths, the sword of the spirit is devastating to the demonic world, to Satan himself. The sword of the spirit, the word of God is devastating. Alright? So remember that. Okay? So the thing here again, in summary here, it's already been done. The big battle has been done. Satan is defeated. You know? He, 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 Satan knows, knows what's coming up. The bottom line just refuses to accept it. You see? And one of the reasons that I believe he refuses to accept it is what is that very first thing that got him cast out of heaven in the first, first place? It was pride. It was pride. Okay? So because of his pride, He refuses to accept the fact that what the back of the book here says about his defeat, his arrogance, his arrogance has him thinking that that's not going to happen. And along the way, he wants to take every single one of us with him. He wants to take every single member of mankind with him. But it's been done. There's no IOU out there. The price has been paid. Secondly is that you are a conqueror in him and nothing is going to separate you from God. I don't care how the devil makes you feel your life is unworthy or you are unworthy or that the situation that you have before you is is certainly, is just, is insurmountable. I can't fix it. I'll never survive it. I don't care how bad it may be. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And then the weapons at your disposal are certainly all of those listed in Ephesians 6, but the best one is that offensive weapon, which is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. You start speaking to your situations, and you watch how quickly they go away. You're feeling tired in the morning when you get up, and you know that there's something that you have to do. You pray, Lord, just give me strength in the name of Jesus. Give me strength. Simply talk to God. Talk to God. God knows what you have before you for that particular day. Ask Him for strength. You know one of the things that I do because I know that God is always with me, you know you know it's kind of for a child of god it's it's kind of a silly thing for us to pray um Lord, please be with me. well, God can't answer that prayer because God's already with you. you're asking for something in the future tense Lord please be with me Well, God is already with you you know so try some doing do something different you know and as I'm going out the door and grabbing my keys I say okay Lord let's go to work I know he's there let's go to work Lord Going to a meeting that I know is going to be challenging okay Lord let's go to this meeting give me the words to say what shall I say when John opens up and tries to challenge or wants to go against give me the words to say Give me insight. Give me the wisdom. And you'll sit there in that meeting and you'll almost know what someone else is going to say before they even say it. You'll know what direction they're leaning towards and everything, you know. Take God with you. Let God go with you wherever you are. And remember who you are in Christ Jesus. You can do all things through him and that you are more than a conqueror in him. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.